0: Gentlemen. Welcome to the main event.
1: Let's get ready. And that's right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Best in the House podcast. As always, I'm your host, Rob Kramer, joined by my co-host Daniel Bobo Kerlin. And Dan, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing good. It was like just a rough couple of
0: days with the med game. Like I do not know if he survived because I may have thrown my cup a couple of times during yes during yesterday's and the day before his game. I just hope this is just not not. Not a rough season because that was, I was like, I don't know, that was pathetic. I was, I was like furious. I was like, I cannot answer I was not answering the phone for like, <laughs> like I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, there, maybe <laughs> there was a lot of f, there was a lot of f bombs. I, I cannot, I cannot play with that. Like I hope this doesn't doesn't continue. of course hopefully we break this winning streak right now. As you know the for, for those for those who probably don't know where right now this is being filmed as a game is happening at, at the very moment. But yeah, and then ho- hope hopefully, hopefully hopefully we look at it even further. Or at least in my case, that I never usually do a rain dance like this on a on a home opener, but if the game gets rained out, that potentially I might be able to find cheaper tickets on the makeup date on the resale site.
1: That's, a, that's definitely a good point. Um, I mean, just like you, you know, like you said, uh, this season is off to an interesting start so far, as uh, the Mets lost uh, the first two games in Milwaukee um, by a combined score of nineteen nothing. Definitely not the way we wanted to begin the season. They started off things good, though, in uh, Miami, taking three out of four. Um, You know, I I was at those first two games of the season. Unfortunately, they didn't really hit too much in game two, so they dropped that one, but they bounced back with wins on Saturday and Sunday. And uh, as you mentioned right now, the Mets just recorded the second out in the eighth inning, as David Robertson, interestingly enough, is, uh, is on in the eighth inning right now and Buck apparently isn't saving that last bullet for the night. So we'll see if the Mets can uh, pull this game out in Milwaukee. But yeah, Dan, you know, after I hear a lot of people pressing the panic button right now, Met fans I'm talking about, um, in regards to the Mets lineup. And that's a question that I did raise in the offseason, and and you agreed that we we, we thought the Mets – Definitely needed to improve the offense, but I also do think it people might be jumping the gun a little bit because it's still very early. How are you feeling right now, Dan? Do you still have that confidence in this lineup?
0: I I haven't hit the panic button yet, but I was concerned. I was like, it was like frustrating what the last two days. Oh, I do have to say that that the Mets need to not. I I feel like they not they don't need to be. They shouldn't be reluctant to bring up some of their top prospects. I mean, and of course, unfortunately, right now Beatty like still might be a little bit at a couple of days. looks Looks like maybe a day or two from the from the latest injury. I've been I've been keeping track of I've been keeping track of the prospects, but I've seen other teams do it, and they've done they've done it effectively. So they should not they should not be afraid to call up some of these top prospects. Got nothing got nothing to lose.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I definitely agree with you on that. If if it were up to me, I definitely would have started the season with, uh, you know, probably Escobar as a super bench guy, DH, kind of bouncing all over the place where they need him, Um, not necessarily having an everyday role, even though I do like Escobar, but I want to see what we got in Beatty right now. I mean, you know, I... I've been saying all offseason how much of a disappointment it was um, not to get Correa. And I also have been saying that Met fans don't realize, you know, the, the impact that that would have had on this lineup until we see it now in the regular season again. And look, it's the same issue that we had last year. And it's not new. This is a very top heavy lineup that can do damage. I mean when Nimo and Marte and Alonso and Lindor more specifically are having big days, the Mets are going to score a lot of runs. But the fact of the matter is if and and to to illustrate this point yesterday, Brandon Nimo and Jeff McNeil both had three hit games. They had eight of the uh, I'm sorry they had six of the Mets eight hits yesterday. But what happened was they got shut out because Alonso and and Lindor didn't do anything. Now, that's a kind of scary prospect when two of your best hitters are on three times and they're not driven in even once all day because your three and your four hitters weren't getting it done. The rest of the lineup have to do something, too. And that's a big part of what worries me about this lineup. Um, And I agree with you. I want to see Beatty in there. I like Daniel Vogelbach, but I don't think Daniel Vogelbach should be playing, you know, he should he shouldn't be your starting DH against righties, right? How do you feel about Vogelback right now so far, Dan?
0: That just seems too low. I it it just do, doesn't look good. I, I feel like it's just like it's not it's not doing anything for us.
1: Yeah, it seems like the best that he has given us so far, and I do got to give him credit. He did get that bloop double in uh, in Miami that got a big rally started on opening day, so you got to tip your cap to him on that one. But what, I, you know, I see more often is a guy that in a rally is striking out or when you need, you know, although one thing you can count on him for is drawing walks, but, you know, it also kind of shoots you in the foot because he draws a walk in a big spot. Then, you know, you're going to have to pinch run for him. So you're, you know, so you're probably putting Castro out there in his spot. And it, it, I, I don't know, man, it just kind of seems like we have a clog on this roster right now. Um, you know, and I have no ill will towards Daniel Vogelback. I, I would not mind if he was just a piece on this bench. But if you're going to be telling me, you know, this is, this is 2023 baseball. Now the national league has the DH and that's just as viable as a spot in the lineup as any other. So you're going to have to get a full-time DH, or at least have a couple of guys that you can rely on to stick in that spot. That as we all know, as, as Mets fans, the Mets got the worst production in baseball last year from their DH spot. They pretty much got nothing. And they have to improve that this year. And I'm sorry, as much as I do like Daniel Vogelback, the guy, and as much as I like, and I, from what I've seen his impact on the clubhouse, it seems like the guys like him too. I, I kind of think right now he is almost a, you know, square peg in a round hole on this, on this Mets team. And they get, they, they have to get more, um, you know, players that, that, that they can rely on in different spots. And, and not just be so one dimensional, right? You, do do you agree with that, Dan?
0: Yeah, I I completely agree. I mean, we one thing I think maybe we would benefit having a bringing up a Vienos a DH.
1: Totally agree with you on that too. You know, Vienos looks pretty good in uh, in in AAA right now. And Beatty, we know, had that little uh, injury on his hand the other day, but uh, all the imaging and everything came back today that uh, it's, just, it's just a little inflammation and that he should be back in a couple of days. So that's good to see. Hopefully, Beatty uh, comes up and just rips it up and gives the Mets no choice but to bring him up in the next couple of weeks. But that's the same thing, too, when you look at you know a guy like Eduardo Escobar. Now, let me ask you this question, Dan. So Escobar, so far this season, you know Buck has benched him in the last two days in favor of Luis Guillorme. And um, you know Escobar is off to a one for 17 start. Do you think that maybe even if Beatty isn't killing it to start the year, maybe they still bring him up at, like he, as, as long as Beatty's not struggling mightily, if he is you know doing okay, hitting 250 260, not too bad to start the year. Do you think that maybe if Escobar is just terrible, that it kind of forces the Mets' hand, and they have to bring Beatty up. I think pretty much
0: it does. I mean, it it's like forced their hand, and they need they need to d- pull the trigger immediately.
1: Yeah, I, I I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. And you know, one other thing too that you know we we did kind of uh, gloss over as uh, I did want to. Bring this up right here. um, As let's see, uh, we have, yes, this right here. I wanted to show some highlights, or I guess you could say, with this from this game yesterday, uh, the uh, lowlights of this yesterday, because we had um, just some terrible terrible pitching and a terrible game from the uh you know from the from our our ace max scherzer now what do you think dan like do do you think that uh i don't know i i heard a lot of people making the excuse for carrasco um and i'm sorry actually this this is i don't know why this isn't playing well at all we'll have to (laughs) come back to that (laughs) but uh you know oh there you go so do you think that um if you know from from everything that we've seen from from this uh this Mets team so far do you think that the the pitching because the hitting struggling at times was easy to see do you think that this pitching struggling uh problem we've seen over the last couple of games and and even in, in in today's game I mean it's six to six right now but you know the starting pitching did not look too good today is is that more of a concern to you than the the uh bats not being there yet
0: yeah me. I mean I'm just hope I'm just hoping that it's probably just a little bit of a bad skid or something that uh that Scherzer her head yesterday cuz i i can't see him do, doing that two starts in a row like that i i i just but, probably going to have a better outing the next game for all you know but yeah that's a little concerning i also think maybe maybe this pitch clock was a bad idea from also what i've been hearing also I feel it's really been affecting the pitchers. I mean I I I don't even know why they thought of this. I mean they an another thing that I that I think they made a mistake doing is that they they should have done the world baseball classic one year later than it it happened because of this new rules because you had to have pitchers players getting getting used to these new these new pitch clock rules and all this stuff it to get you know, the base the bases being bigger I'm that i, I kind of have less of a problem with that maybe there was probably some kind of argument that maybe players were kind of getting hurt or something over some bases i don't know what i don't know what the reason for but maybe that that isn't such a big thing but the the, the pitch clock maybe is a, I think maybe a, lo- a little bit too much. I think Rob Manfred made a mistake with the pitch clock.
1: And I, it's really- I agree with you.
0: And it's really hurting saying- the players. I said it's hurting a lot of the players in a who who have never, don't have a clue what this, what re- they don't really, they've never really had experience with the pitch clock because you got to remember, they have been testing this out in the minor leagues. I have seen it being tested out. So I feel like maybe down the line you'll see more players, pitchers that have kind of figure, figured out how to, how to handle pitching with this, with this pitch clock. But it's, it's guys that – players that didn't really grow up with the pitch clock, the, the best way to say it.
1: Well, you're right. And you know what was really interesting, and I hadn't even really thought about that angle – Until the other day when Carlos Carrasco pitched and got bombed here in Milwaukee. What you're saying has a lot of validity. And I heard even Howie Rose making the point um, that Carrasco expressed that he felt like he didn't have enough time in between pitches to gather himself. And I'm starting to wonder myself, maybe this pitch clock thing is going to have not only the intended effect of moving the game along quicker which by the way I got to throw my hands up and say that I was completely wrong I thought the pitch cut co- the, the the pitch clock was only going to shave off 5 maybe 10 minutes a game if that I and I didn't even think it was going to be that much and as we see the pitch clock you know has shaved off 25 30 minutes in some places so definitely have to say you know I guess that was their intended effect, but the unintended effect is that I do think that maybe older pitchers, you know, you need that extra second or two to kind of walk around the the mound and gather yourself and take a big breath and then fire a pitch in, you know, when, uh, and then you saw Carlos Carrasco on Monday who had a significant, um, you know, dip in his velocity. And by the way, Adam Ottavino just gave up a game-winning home run, and the Mets lost this game and and get swept. Uh, so- sorry, about that.
0: sorry about that.
1: Understandable, my friend. Understandable as the uh, Mets suffer a humiliating sweep in uh, in Milwaukee. Just terrible terrible job by the Mets that series they had a 6-4 lead in that game they blew it yeah and and you know maybe just to to finish up real quick on the the pitch clock thing maybe you know these older pitchers just don't have that that much time but Dan if you want what's your instant reaction to this uh garbage loss they just had 7-6 in Milwaukee
0: I think you just saw it It stinks. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, yeah,
1: he definitely stinks.
0: Of course, if you're wondering what that weird thing I did with the hand, that's not the OK sign. That's a, it's a Mystery Science Theater 3000 reference. An episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000. If you never, if you've never seen that great, great show to watch, but 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 yeah, I that is the, is the first time you've seen me. People have seen me. What it's like when things just go go south during a tournament game. Like, and also, you know, as a I also gotta say as a the pit the pitch clock thing. But what I was gonna say about the pitch clock thing, it also affects the vendors who work at the who work at the stadium I feel. There's probably some money lost from there.
1: yeah you're definitely right man as a matter of fact too it's funny you say that because when i was down in uh um at the marlins park we were talking to a vendor who said that a lot of guys were upset that uh the extra inning rule was still in effect because that gave them every once in a while a couple of extra innings or you know a couple extra hours in some cases to get some extra sales in there and get some extra tips and everything so you know, you, you're right. These, uh, w- once again, the unintended consequences of, of these, uh, of these things. And, 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 by the way, Dan, let me ask you a question. Does, does the game appeal to you any more or less? Um, now that it's, it's sped up a little bit, like to, to me, it doesn't matter. I would be watching baseball either way. And and if I had my preference, I would say that I I wouldn't want that rule. I mean, what would you think, Dan?
0: Yeah, the same thing. I I really wouldn't want that rule. At the same time, it hasn't really changed much whether I'm what my, my enthusiasm about the game. Like I'm I'm like real always stoked to watch the met game. I just of course right now, unfortunately, this this little ugh, this we we've, we came out to a slow start. Looks like at least for this, well, hof- hopefully, not too long. But it looks like we're gonna be back again to playing catch up all season, and who had probably paid attention to all these wild card standings, all this shit again, because it's it's just like it's the first time you see you've, you've seen us during a baseball season where we're playing catch up during the season. Because last year, it's like we were in position to make the playoffs all season.
1: Yeah, it's true. And now they kind of, you know, they, and I mean, look, once again, we're only six games into the season. And to be fair, the Mets are three and well, actually, no, I'm sorry. There's seven games into the season now and the, and the Mets are uh, three and four. So they are under 500. So it is warranted that, you know, the Mets get criticized for this right now, because just like you said, this is a team that won a hundred games. This is a team that, um, you know, spent a lot of money in the offseason. And that's one thing, too, that I think me and you did a good job of highlighting to our fans and to hopefully Met fans that were watching that, you know, the Mets did spend a lot of money this offseason. But a lot of that money was just retaining the guys they had. I mean, when you look at it, real, uh, realistically, $160 million went to Brandon Nimmo which he deserved. Brandon Nimmo absolutely deserved that contract, but that's just the cost of business retaining your guy. Same thing with, you know, Edwin Diaz. That's another hundred million to him. So that's $260 million spent. Everybody wants to talk about how much money the Mets spent. Oh, 500 million, 400 million, whatever it is. 260 of that was on two guys who were already on their team. Then if you consider the $86 million over two years they gave to Justin Verlander, that's pretty much just the placeholder for DeGrom. So it's, you know, and it, most of these guys, most of the, of the money the Mets spent, and that's not, that's not even including the uh, money they gave to McNeil on his new contract. Um, you know, it, it, these are just things that the Mets had to do. And if you look at their roster, it's a very, very similar roster with a lot of the same strengths and a lot of the same flaws as the 2022 Mets. Now, what I do think sets this team apart from a lot of the others is that we have to keep in mind that this isn't the Wilpon era anymore. And that Stevie Cohen and Billy Epler are going to be on it, making sure that, and and let's hope they don't wait all the way to till July to start making a couple of moves at the very least. But, um, they're gonna be on it to be bringing in these reinforcements, you know. Uh, and let's keep our fingers crossed that the reinforcements aren't Darren Ruff and Daniel Vogel back again, right?
0: Exactly. Let's 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 hope let's hope they actually don't don't half-ass it with the reinforcements like last year because I felt I just felt one of the things that did us in was the uh, at the trading deadline we just we we half-assed it.
1: Yeah. I think you're right. I think that the Mets thought, I think that they thought they were in such good position that they didn't have to go all out at the trade deadline, and unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Um, but you know, so as we as we look to this year, though, they oh, oh, uh, yeah. gets yeah. You know, what were did, you say, Dan?
0: I gotta say one thing. I I did say on Twitter if the Mets make the playoffs, I will take not only one. But two shots out of the the, Met Shot Class. I got got shot glass for different cities and places I've gone to. But of course, I got shot glass. But I'll bring up the Met Shot Class and bring not one but two shots of a hot sauce of the viewers choosing via social media and even in the comments. Majority rules on on the hot sauce. shots out of and and by the way you're welcome to join me in this and I'm not gonna forget
1: <laughs> well I do think the Mets uh the Mets will make the playoffs I, I don't think I'll be taking any shots of hot sauce though I'm not a big fan of hot sauce <laughs> right. but I will support that, you. I
0: just want to make sure <laughs> who's doing it but the they remember it, right This is just, just remember if you you wind it, I'm the only one that that said I'm going to do it. So, and I'm not going to forget, but if you need to remind me, you need to remind me. But I said it here, I won't forget whatever the majority of our our viewers pick as the whatever level of spiciness or whatever hot sauce they choose. I will drink two shots out of it, however painful it might look on camera, my face, because. (laughs) <laughs> that, that, that'll, that'll, it, it might not be a, yeah, a reaction. I mean, reaction. yeah, if the reaction for the person consuming the hot sauce is crazy enough, seeing it is something else. If you've watched videos <laughs> like that.
1: Oh, exactly. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, man. So that's definitely something to look forward to. So definitely fans let, uh, you know let us know what you think about that and uh actually Dan be before we move on here you know the um you know we'll talk about the Mets and um you know we're looking at the other side uh, of town with the uh the Yankees now and the the Yankees started off the season pretty good so far four and six um they uh took two out of three from the Giants took two out of three from the Phillies um you know what do you think so far about the Yanks Dan I mean uh, did did you see a couple of those bombs that Giancarlo Stanton hit over the weekend? Four hundred and eighty five foot on one of them. It, it looks like the Yankees are off to a pretty decent start this year, right? Uh,
0: not not a a Met fan, but they he he does look like he's going to having a decent start to this year. Giancarlo Stanton, another another player, I feel that's a reminder of the Wilpon era because they just feel like. Things might have played a bit different had Steve Cohen owned the Mets back then.
1: <laughs> That's true. That's true. I mean, 300 million to Stevie Cohen, uh, you know, definitely ain't that big a deal compared to the, the in the Wilpon days. So, uh, yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. would have been very interesting.
0: I have to say another thing about the offseason. I feel like we were kind of maybe kind of it flew, it flew under the, I guess it flew under Stevie Cohen's radar. Maybe they should have signed a Trey Turner during the offseason.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong, man. Especially after that WBC he had, maybe it would have been nice. But it, it looked like the Phillies had the inside track on a uh, Trey Turner. I know his uh his wife is either from there or works there, and uh, they're, they they both have roots in that general uh, area. So,
0: oh uh, yeah, the old classic case wife pick players play. <laughs>
1: That whole thing. Not, exactly.
0: Not to knock anything off of anyone's wife, but I'm saying that one. That decision sometimes as fans, we sometimes it's not.
1: The thing that's worth.
0: <laughs> well, you know what I mean.
1: Well, Dan, what I think you're trying to say is, hey, Trey Turner. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, you know, so just, just looking at the Yankees real quick, um, you know, Garrett Cole off to a great start. Another fantastic start today for them, uh, and taking down the Phillies, doing us Met fans, you know, a, a little favor there. You can't beat that, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that that we can't that we can't beat.
1: So that so
0: that that's at least good. <laughs> so that, that's probably a rare time I'll congratulate you, Yankee fans. All right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. And I mean, you know, when you look at the lineup, obviously, Judge is off to a hot start. He's sitting 348 through the first week. Even Anthony Rizzo off to a really good start. Torres, you know, Glaper Torres, was a guy that really struggled. Um, that's a guy who, uh, you know, they're going to have to see if he could keep this up. But if they could get what he's given them so far, boy, the Yankees are in good shape. But two guys, and obviously, two I want to um look at garrett cole six and a third three hits and a run today eight strikeouts so zero seven three era through his first two starts but you we talk about the the good there you got to talk about the bad real quick too as aaron hicks looks you know completely lost at the plate still he is getting viciously booed by yankee fans and also josh donaldson looks like crap today too uh you know He's in a buck 25 for the first week of the season. You know, what do you think, Dan? Do you think that with the Yankee lineup and everything that uh, those two guys are going to be easily – that the Yankees can easily overcome that? Or do you think that just like the Mets now, the Yankees are in a position where they're going to have to make a uh, a move in season to upgrade?
0: It's it, – it, they're going to have to make, make a move because that's like their little – that seems like to be their same flaw they had last year and that's the flaw they're they're dealing with again this year.
1: Yeah, it's true. It's true. And, uh, you know, just like for the, the Yankees and the Mets are kind of in the same boat right now where they just got to figure it out and get themselves, um, you know, hopefully keep your head above water, play good ball, get yourself to the all-star break or right around there and have your, uh, your general manager, you know, Cashman for the Yanks and Epler for the Mets, pull off a couple of moves and uh, get your team in prime position. And, uh, yeah, the the Yankees right now off to a, a, a very good start. The Mets, you know, not quite as much. But the, the Mets also, it'll be nice. Even if the game gets rained out tomorrow, it'll be nice. The Mets will have a day or two to um, kind of recharge their battery because they went from the end of spring training to playing – eight straight days to start the regular season which uh most teams don't do so definitely you know fortunately
0: that happens when you have when when you when you're playing on the road against teams that play in retractable roof stadiums they don't have to worry about that whole thing that they the the reason why of course i think it's pretty much easy to figure out why they schedule an off day after each team that their home opener is obviously in case of rain out, they could, they'll could they easily make up the game the next day. Stadiums like Miami and, of course, Milwaukee have retractable roofs. They didn't really need to worry about that one. So it was like, I mean, so they didn't have to worry about that one. But the case like at City Field, of course, normally you see there, that if you look at the schedule, off day the next day, that's the case of a rain out. And it looks like they're going to have to make use of that open day they've – uh that would that's set up in case of a rain out because I'm hearing reports eighty percent chance of rain, but at the same time that that means people like me that are looking for up to the last minute, like looking for like a cheap ticket, probably I win. And I'll probably win in that front, being that there might be tickets. i to get a good deal on tickets next on, uh, on on fr- on Friday on Friday, if it, if it, if it if tomorrow if tomorrow's game is rain
1: out. That's true, man. That's very true. Looking on, looking on the bright side as always. I uh, I de- definitely appreciate that, Dan. <laughs> so yeah, we got that to look forward to. All right, and we're back now as uh we're doing the second part of the show, as me and Dan had a uh uh. You know, the first half of the show was filmed during the Met game, as you saw that all that stuff before and everything. Now, I actually went to the AEW wrestling show, so I'm back now. And uh, we're here to talk about the Rangers game tonight, and to, to finish up this uh show right now, man. Uh, hell of a game, hell of a game. The Rangers tonight, six to three victory at Madison Square Garden over the defending Eastern Conference champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, you know what? What were your first impressions coming out of it, man? Big night for Kreider, a uh, great night all around, right?
0: Yeah, I was just a great night all around. Like I was going nuts. I was making noise in front of the TV. Like holy shit, that was all game. Just a bunch of I've been talk about. Uh, I've been talking about fist flying all game long. That was, man. that was. Um,
1: Yeah, definitely some uh, old-school hockey violence there in this game. Uh, Very, very hard-hitting game. Um, You know, these teams know each other very well. Obviously, they met in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Um, And, you know, they've they've had a couple of games this year, too, very early in the season. And then they also played them right around the uh, uh, New Year's, I believe. So, uh, you know, now really facing the lightning in the beginning, the middle, and the end of this season. And um, obviously both teams found their footing. They're going to both be in the playoffs. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, hey, the two big points for the Rangers tonight, though. They really needed it. They dug down deep, and, and they they got it done, man. I mean, that, that, that's all you could ask at this point in the season where you know teams keep stacking up those Ws, and, you know, uh, Jersey – absolutely destroyed pittsburgh the other night and um you know obviously you have teams like uh um uh, carolina in front of you still so definitely the the main thing is just to keep putting up two points every night right
0: yeah it's the best main thing we can do but right? as far as about left yeah, to, to really do anything there so maybe it was a smart call to maybe rest a bench cat uh, Patrick Kane for today's game cuz uh you
1: want ready for the playoffs like the Rangers were only have a couple of games to play tonight in the NHL uh you know obviously a much bigger slate tomorrow night where um you know the Rangers play St. Louis so obviously we got this back to back now and uh Tarasenko playing his former team in St. Louis that's going to be I'm sure a lot of emotions for him. But then also when you look across, uh, you know, the devils are playing Columbus that night. So that's a really big game for the Rangers to keep an eye on. And, um, you know, uh, obviously Carolina, who's in first place right now, and looks like they're probably going to hold on to that, but the Rangers still have some life in there. And obviously the devils do too, are going to be in Nashville. So, uh, you know, and, and obviously the uh, Islander is also playing that night. They're gonna be playing Tampa Bay tomorrow night, too. So Tampa's getting New York back to back nights now. Um, I mean, at, at this point, right now, what do you think, Dan? Should because obviously, if you're resting Patrick Kane in a game like this, then you're not overly concerned with winning the division. If if you like, do you agree with what Gerard Gallant's doing? Or if it was you, would you go balls to the wall and do everything you could to possibly win the division?
0: I think right now, I like uh, really have a chance to win the division right now. Unfortunately, it's like it, fe- it feels like Carolina's just like one win away from it. So it's like literally, it's literally a long shot to win the division. So right now, just we've got to rest them up for the playoffs. We 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 are, are I feel like our chances are good against the Devils, going going into these games because we so we've always seen to play them close this year. So I it, agree, I agree with that. And it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be a an intense series. I can tell you that, especially with every Devils fan I know.
1: Yeah, man, no doubt about that. And you know the. The Rangers and the Devils right now—they're so close in the standings. As they both have played seventy-eight games, the Devils have one hundred and six points. The Rangers have one hundred and three. Obviously, um, that most recent game uh, that the Devils—you uh, know—beat the Rangers two-one in Jersey really looms large. Because if the uh, Rangers had won that game, obviously, it'd be a, it'd be a lot closer. But you have to—you have to give the Devils credit. But I do agree with you, though. I think. Even if the Rangers aren't able to, you know, get home ice over these last couple of games in that series, and they end up finishing third, I I agree with you though. I think they can pull it off, right? I mean, um, the the Rangers are definitely the more playoff tested of the two teams. You know, the Devils have a very young team, where very few members of this team have even made the playoffs in their career, right?
0: Yeah, it's, I feel like we got more playoff experience especially some of the people that have had experience being in the playoffs as members of the Rangers, more importantly, because that's, that's a, a, a whole echelon of being in the playoffs, wearing that uniform amid the high, amidst the high expectations of playing for the Rangers. It's a lot different, let's face it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're definitely right, man. And, um, yeah, so now, obviously, we just sit back and – the, the last couple of games, I guess, Gerard Gallant is just going to use to get these guys ready and uh, rest the players that he needs to rest and, you know, take it from there. So really got to give uh, the Rangers credit on that. And, um, hey, they, they got the two points and, and they just continue on. Now, the the main goal now is beat New Jersey. And, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. It's um unfortunate that the, the – the division once again is like it feels like it's so close and it's right in your grasp, but uh, the Rangers just weren't able to pull it off again. You know, Carolina's just been that much better the last couple of seasons. But, um, you know, that's in the regular season because, Dan, remind me, um, who won in the playoff series last year between the Rangers and the Hurricanes? Oh, it would be the Ra- That's right. That's right. And as a matter of fact, right, they they went into Carolina – and beat them in Carolina in Game Seven, right?
0: Yep, exactly.
1: Okay, okay. As as, as long as I'm remembering that, right?
0: <laughs> yep, exactly. Yep i, I remember Joe joking on, I think on Twitter, because I have a uh, i i I have a friend of mine who who who's a, who's in Carolina who's a, who's a Canes fan, right? I I kind of said, uh, go go. Go a little if if you also happen to be friends with the, you know so and so mentioned Twitter handle because there's some people I know that also know him. I said go go don't don't go so hard on him today. He's a, he's a little bit upset. <laughs> <laughs> silly with him as he does something this with me. Be a little silly with me.
1: <laughs> of course, of course. So yeah, man. I mean, it's it, it's it's going to be a fun time and and you know it. There are pretty good chances that it's going to end up being rangers hurricanes again as long as the rangers get out of that first round so um hey we're gonna get another rematch this year and uh let's hope that the rangers are the better team uh once again and um you know so just to uh to to finish up here because we we got only got a couple of minutes left here i i do want to uh also recognize the new york knicks Dan, because while i was at the AEW wrestling show tonight, I was amazed to see because I don't know if, if you if you knew this, but the Knicks played the Pacers tonight, and obviously Julius Randle is hurt right now, so he's not in. And um uh and also Jalen Brunson it was a little banged up so he wasn't gonna be in tonight. But then we also found out a couple of hours before tip off that R.J. Barrett was ill, um, and not in a good way. He wasn't ill, he was ill. And R.J. Barrett is uh, not available for the game tonight either. So you you were looking at a starting lineup of, you know, a, a, a bunch of kids, Quentin Grimes, um, you know, Obi Toppin, and, um, you know, all, all these young guys. Mitchell Robinson, obviously, who's – who's had a lot of starting experience and, and Emmanuel quickly who has, is quickly turning himself into a star, no pun intended. I mean, the kid dropped 39 points. When, when you look at these young kids in uh, quickly who dropped 39 tonight, Grimes dropped 36 Obi Toppin 32. I mean the, the Knicks scored 138 points tonight and their top three players didn't even play. So that's that's a pretty good sign for the future, right, Dan? Yeah, it's a pretty really good sign for the future. Hopefully, hopefully.
0: Of course, R.J. Barrett feels feels a little bit better, better in the next game. Unfortunately, you had one of those games where he was under the weather. Couldn't, couldn't do much, but yeah, that was that was a great win. It's like a it's a lot of multi screen action these days in my in my house in my house. <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. This is uh, this that time of year, especially once the uh, playoffs start up for uh, the NBA and the NHL, which the Knicks and the Rangers are both going to be a part of uh, as the the Knicks clinched in the last week. So, um, you know, also, Dan, one thing that we did learn um, after we went off the air earlier, which you had mentioned, actually, was the fact that if the game got rained out tomorrow, and everything and everything with like that. And you ended up being right. The game was officially called due to inclement weather here in New York. Um, you know, Buckshow Walter was very happy that for the first seven games of the season, it was in a controlled environment with uh, the four games in Miami all having a roof, obviously. And same thing for the three in Milwaukee. Um, obviously, their first game here in New York, not the same uh, outcome as the game is rained out before. The day even started, so they didn't even give it a shot. They know it's going to be bad. There's a, there's a ninety percent chance of rain, so I don't blame them. Um, and and what, so you know that that's a that, that's pretty good news for people like you, Dan, who are looking to score cheap tickets on the rebound, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, I got to pull the ticket, get this
1: thirty five bucks because something- wow. Well, and, and and how much were they going for before that? Actually, this ticket was very
0: close. Was kind of close to face value, but I saw most of the cheapest ticket, not counting standing room, maybe uh, around a hundred.
1: Yeah, that that's what I was seeing too. About a, a week or so ago, when I was looking, about a hundred. You're right.
0: Yeah, I just I just got a hold of this ticket because someone couldn't make it to the game because like they had made 'cause you had people that like so sometimes the people that worked during that. You know their 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 job hours are during that time, so it's like they couldn't they couldn't make it. So it's like somehow by luck my hours agreed with me, so I was able to pull off going to the game. So so
1: very cool, man. Very cool.
0: At kind of unload the ticket face value, so I got got thirty thirty five bucks. I'm in I'm in, and I'll be help be, be sitting in the somewhere around a seat, somewhere around a little seat, seat seating, a little area I kind of got to sit at. Sit, I've been sitting at many times last year and uh, an area I seem to sit at so many times, but as luck has it that I've called a certain section of the upper deck Mount Maloonigan. again. Oh, <laughs> after my, after my dog, Mount Maloonigan. again as, as a matter of fact, if, if there was some alternate universe that I'm the owner of the Mets, I would hope that alternate universe me named that section Mount
1: Maloon again. That would definitely be a great name for it <laughs> yeah uh, to sitting up in the five uh, hundreds uh, right then the uh, five hundred section
0: yeah yep exactly the, so somewhere around like five, 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 20, five, 20, five twenty I sat there so many times during the
1: during
0: during the regular season. That at some point one one of one of my friends was just going, Oh, you say saying Mount Maloon again, huh? So I said, Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna be calling that section Mount Maloon again. Because <laughs> I'm not, I don't, I don't have a say in that, but I unofficially called Mount Maloon again because I've sat there so much. Because I sit there because I seem to have luck end up sitting there so much. <laughs>
1: Oh man, very nice, very nice. And, uh, you know, so what's that?
0: Yeah, but that really cool that Steve Cohen decided to do. I found out on opening day, they're gonna. Bob Murphy's name is gonna be hanging with the retired numbers.
1: This beginning. Yes, I heard about that. That's a really cool tribute, right?
0: Yeah, it's a pretty cool. I'm shocked they waited this long to do that, but. Another, another thing that Steve Cohen has corrected since he's became ownership of the team. And hopefully, hopefully pretty soon, who knows, maybe this year, we'll help the, the biggest correction, the big one. And you know what I'm talking about. What's that? Well, well, the big one. Hopefully, World Series. Please, Mets, don't make me wait too long for a championship.
1: That is the big one. You're right about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That. I have a feeling he's he's ready to just cap it off with that big one.
1: <laughs> well, let's keep our fingers crossed on that one, man. And uh, all right, I think that's just about gonna do it for us today. Uh, before we get out of here, Dan, do you have anything you'd like to plug?
0: Sure, of course. You could follow me on on Twitter, Bobo103NYC, Facebook. I meant I meant meant I meant I meant Instagram Bobo seven one eight DK and YouTube Daniel Curlin.
1: Absolutely, go out of your way to find Dan there, and uh, subscribe and like to all of his stuff, all of our stuff. Obviously, um, you know you're watching this most likely on um, the best seat in the house YouTube. So if you're watching the video, please give us a like. We'd appreciate that. And uh, if you're listening to the, um, the audio version of the podcast, you can check us out. Or if you want to listen to us, uh, you can check us out on iTunes and um, uh, Amazon and um, iHeartRadio and Spotify and CastBox and anywhere else you get your podcast. So uh, check us out there. And if you want, check us out on Twitter at bsith underscore podcast. Um, also, you can check me out there. My last name, Kramer, N Y. Um, On Instagram, we're at Best Seat in the House podcast. So uh, check us out there. Give us a like. Give us a follow. We appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, so I think that just about does it uh, it for us for the week. Um, As always, I'm your host, Rob Kramer, with my co-host, Daniel Bobo Curlin. And this is the Best Seat in the House podcast. We'll catch you next week, everybody.